Hello, I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien, child psychologist and CEO at the Quirky Kid Clinic. I thought this podcast series would be a great way to share some of the strategies and the stories that we hear at the clinic with you as parents and carers. We want to put some actions in place almost immediately. So we're looking at different topics and today we're talking about risk taking, which is one of my favourite topics because it really does challenge us as parents to take some risks ourselves and to be brave. So let's have a listen. Hi, my name's Daisy Turnbull, and I've written a book called 50 Risks to Take with Your Kids. And it's about the kind of how-to of what we should be doing with our kids to get them to where I, as a teacher, think year seven students should be. Uh, So it's very much for the zero to 10, 11, 12 age bracket. My next book, 50 Questions to Ask Your Teens, is about the conversations we should be having with teenagers, and um, and that's very much based on my experience as a high school teacher. Hi, Daisy. Thanks so much for joining us today. I often talk about risks when I'm at the clinic in terms of independence. So I'll often be encouraging parents to kind of create a little plan around how they can increase their child's independence just in bite-sized pieces, like maybe riding to the shop on their bike or going into a cafe and, um, you know, putting the order in or getting a list, you know, that they need from the shops and coming out of the shops and doing all that for the parent, but really to increase their own independence. And when I came across your book, I was thinking, okay, risks. The word risks often makes me think that we're pushing kids beyond their comfort zone. And I wondered if you could kind of talk to me a little bit more about the difference between increasing independence and encouraging risks. Yeah, I think, look, I think that ultimately in this context, they're basically the same thing. But we don't gain independence in doing what we are comfortable with. So the idea of the risks was... um, was this idea of ways to build independence and resilience in kids in ways that when you read it, you might think it sounds a bit dangerous, but it's it's not. And if anything, I think the way to position it is I was very much a kid of the 80s and 90s and I'm a parent of the, you know, 2010s, of the, of the 20-teens, and the difference in that time has been so big that, the stuff when I was growing up was quite basic and normal to do is now considered risky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Growing up and riding our bikes for miles and just um, really having a whole lot of freedom versus now seeing a lot of kids getting picked up from the bus stop when they don't live that too, you know, too far from, from there. So I wonder whether, you know, whether parents' anxieties are impacting on their kids and how we can reduce that as parents, because I know, the parents that come to the clinic, they definitely want their kids to be more independent because that means as adults we can also be more independent and free. Um, how do you go about introducing the idea of increasing those risks for kids when parents are a little bit anxious? Well, I think that's the goal ultimately. It is, it's managing the parent's anxiety as much as, as the kid's potential anxiety. And I really like, and the book actually starts with the great quote by Jonathan Haidt um, that says, you know, the role, the job of a parent is to work yourself out of a job and parenting should get easier uh, as it goes on. Like, yes, there are bigger, they say, you know, big little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. But, but overall, you know, you shouldn't be making your kids breakfast when they're seven or eight or nine. And I think that what's happened is we've tied 
good parenting to protective parenting. And what's that, what that has meant is, you know, everyone has kids every, you know, couple of, not everyone, but people have kids every couple of years. So you often, when you have kids, have friends who have kids who are a few years older and you would kind of look to them and think, oh, well, I, I like what they do, but maybe I want to be a bit quote unquote better. And so maybe you're a little bit more protective and then, then your friends become a little bit more protective and that continues. And somewhere between the 90s and today, we've just taken it way too far in how protective we are. So the unwinding of that, doesn't have to be hugely terrifying it can be in small steps and that's that's the idea with the book and I think that it is it is there are in the book there they're characterized they're categorized and there are the parenting risks but they are all parenting risks because it's the parents decision to let their children take these risks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hear you I love it I just um, I love unpacking these kinds of topics because we also see children at the clinic that um are risk takers, you know, so for example, they'll be climbing, you know, huge fences or, you know, poles or uh, like even sometimes crossing the road without looking, things like that, that would be sometimes the reason for referral. So what do you do in those cases where kids are risk takers and um, parents are kind of more trying to step in to, to keep them safe? Um, yeah, how do you get the balance right? I know that's a kind of tough question. Yeah, and I think, um, Kimberly, you would have a lot more experience in this than I do, but I would think that often when kids are taking risks in one area of their life, it might be because they're not getting enough autonomy in other parts of their life. And and I obviously see that more with teenagers because that's what I teach. And often when the parents are more um, conservative and risk-averse, that's when the kids kind of, rebel more it's kind of a bit like an elastic band and the further you pull it the the greater the flick back um and and so i i would wonder that like maybe there's a an argument for sometimes those kids getting more responsibility at home in other ways that then mean they're not needing to take those bigger risks in in outside of the home i don't know is that is that something you've experienced yeah i'm feeling like it's um it's all tied into, you know, the idea of adolescents being risk takers. Um, maybe it's a bit of a balance to try and, you know, encourage more risks in primary school age kids so that you can become confident with their, you know, them not pushing beyond that level of comfort too much, that they're kind of doing it incrementally and they're getting good results and developing like their self-esteem and self-confidence because they are able to take measured risks. And then the parents have that, you know, that equal sense of like, okay, I can relax. He's kind of being sensible about how far he pushes himself because it's totally within his um it's within his skill set to keep pushing and um, in- increasing his independence, which is a big proud moment for most parents. I love that when I see <laughs> my kids doing things independently. I think, oh, brilliant, what else can I teach them? Um, but then also I guess when it comes to adolescence and maybe this is kind of more in line with your your next book around what questions to ask, like how would you go about, you know, determining whether it is um, – um yeah like pushing a boundary or a safe risk to take because I guess like as a parent I want to kind of give them the benefit of doubt and encourage them to test it out um but is there some sort of like formula that you fall back on to go okay that's okay that's not okay when it comes to adolescence um I think I'd love it if there was a formula how easy would that be (laughs) (laughs) it's your age and your height divided by the amount of months you've been um no I think um I think we often give teen, teens a really bad name 
and we go, oh, they're really risky. And they are, and their prefrontal cortexes aren't developed and all of that stuff. Um, but it's often because they haven't had the chance as younger kids to test themselves out. So when you think about those teenagers you know that are really responsible and you trust them to babysit or you leave them at home, whatever it is, it's often because those skills have been tested and developed and nurtured when they were younger. Um, and I think that so I think a big part of it is this idea of our own risk profiles. So, for example, yesterday I was down at Bondi with some friends and it, the waves weren't that big but they were just choppy and I am not confident in waves. I, I know this about myself. I want to become more confident. And they swam out to the boy and I didn't. I didn't. I kind of got in a bit and then came out. Um, and that's because I know my risk profile with that. When you parent a kid where you are constantly the one that stops them doing the thing because before they realise they're scared. They never develop that risk profile. So they're all confidence and zero competent. Like their, their confidence to competent ratio is way out. So I think it's about getting kids to develop their own risk profiles and not outsourcing it to their parents. So things like stranger danger is a really interesting one, right? Because in year two, every kid is taught strangers are dangerous. Always go to your family and teachers and coaches and all of that. And we know that statistically that's not the, not the case. Um, and, and, and if we were to think about the people that are most dangerous to kids and, and teenagers, it's often people they know. Um, the, the better thing to potentially do is to say, to, like, let kids learn to trust their gut around all people. And so you said, you mentioned, you know, getting a coffee or, going to the shops, by by doing that, kids understand how they feel in certain situations and learn to trust themselves rather than just outsourcing that to their parents. And then that is a skill they develop into the teenage years. I like it because it, it doesn't feel right as a parent to be able to, you know, to say, oh, watch out for that guy or, gee, this one doesn't look too, you know, safe because that just feels like judgmental and like, wrong so I, I totally you know agree with that just like trusting your gut and letting the kids do that and then to talk it through and to you know agree or you know to yeah give them other ways to use their senses rather than just by looking at someone and making a judgment I think that's and asking great. them you know what is it about that person that meant you didn't trust them mm -hmm. the and getting them to explain that to you yes so also, Daisy, I wanted to ask you, like daughter of Malcolm, what was it like growing up um, with Malcolm Turnbull as your dad? Was he a risk taker? And is it <laughs> for parents to be risk takers to take the lead and be brave and show, you know, kids how to, or just to be a role model in, in the risk taking department? Um, look, I would say, so So for me growing up, dad only really um, entered the the public sphere for, for me as my experience kind of in 99 with the ref, Republican referendum like before that I kind of had a dad who worked in business you know I think it was he you know it that that experience of you know quote-unquote Malcolm Turnbull for me hadn't didn't exist until I was 14 or 15 and that's when I was like oh he's in the newspaper so my childhood um with dad and also that obviously crosses over with when mum was um mum being in the town hall and all that so my first 15 years were very normal for you know a Sydney kid um I remember I just had a very normal childhood um dad was probably a little bit 
more risky when it came to swimming in waves, which is potentially why I am not super confident in waves because I remember getting dumped by waves so often as a kid. Um, and um, But they were always so good at talking things through. And um, and I think, yeah, so I think like the, for me, you know, the the experience of being Malcolm and Lucy's daughter didn't really exist until I was, you know, 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And does that, like I'm thinking you as a parent now, Daisy, like are you trying to be more more of a risk taker or do things differently like than <laughs> the way you were raised or that doesn't come No, if way? anything, I'm probably trying to be more like them and mm-hmm. more like an 80s or 90s parent, which is very different in this generation. Um, you know, I remember when um, my son was two uh, it was Christmas Eve and due to some technical issues with uh, the sleigh, there, Santa needed some assistance with building a trampoline. <laughs> and um, and we said, look, yeah, we're happy to help. Obviously, Christmas Eve, very busy night for Santa. And um, and my um, dad and my brother and the kid's dad was were building it and they got to the point where it was a trampoline without the walls around it, you know, the, the mesh. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. my dad's like, okay, the 1980s trampoline's done. And... <laughs> And it's so true. And then I had to spend like another half hour putting together this wall. Um, safety nets. Yeah, all the safety nets and all that. Um, so, yeah, look, I think um, I think I try and be more relaxed. But I also think, and, and this is a really important point, I would not have written this book if I had had my daughter first because my son is more risky and he is very confident and he's able to talk his way out of anything. And so for me it was like, well, hang on, he wants to do all the stuff. What should he do? What can he do? My daughter is very happy to hold my hand walking down the street and much more kind of not timid but, like, she she doesn't want to scooter down the road and, and turn around and see if I'm still following. So I think it, it's partly, yeah, it's partly my experience but it's also partly the kids. I agree with you. I'm thinking just these personality differences. Like my little brother was a real risk taker but he's so strong and confident in the way he does Mm. things like swinging you know from the tree on his bike into the dam like had lots of accidents things like that (laughs) but still he's teaching his kids how to ride along narrow kind of um like narrow things that are like next to the road I'm thinking oh my god is that safe but that's his style and he's so comfortable with it his boys are equally confident and balanced and strong. So, yeah, I think there's a lot in that when it comes to role modelling, risk-taking and being confident with it. Thanks, Daisy, for your time today and have a great day. Thank you. That was Daisy Turnbull and we have details of her new books in our show notes. You can also go to the show notes to see Quirky Kids' website details and you'll find a long list of resources there with topics such as risk-taking and many more. So next time we have the topic of harnessing hyperactivity. I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien and I'll see you next time.